Rutro, what happened? You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching me on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, we are free, and I really do appreciate your support. You can show your appreciation by hitting that red subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube, as well as that thumbs up button. Both mean a whole heck of a lot to the show. And because Locked On comes at you five times a week, hit the bell notification button, and that way you won't miss one episode. And today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com forward slash Locked On College, and they're going to throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. So my Scooby-Doo senses sense something might be up. And signing day is still off in the December distance, way out there. And the Trojans already have the number six ranked recruiting class in the country. It's still only June. And when I went to bed last night, USC had the number seven ranked recruiting class. And that included the commitment from Jason Zandamella. Sometime halfway through my cup, first cup of coffee uh, the next morning, USC was ranked number six. I just mentioned that a couple seconds ago. And that happened without a, another bat signal going up. Lincoln Riley didn't throw up a victory salute. USC football. There wasn't another commitment. In fact, uh, you know, hump day kind of felt a little flaccid, like a little bit of a downer. Just when everyone thought that uh, number one running back, Taylor Tatum, was ready to commit to USC, um, word kind of got out that he actually might be leaning towards Norman, Oklahoma. Yeah the number one running back recruit who USC felt really strong about coming out of his, his official visit last weekend. Apparently Taylor Tatum, he might be second guessing what he needs to do now. And it could be a matter of distance is starting to weigh in on his, on his mind. Now, if Lincoln Riley and Kyle McDonald running back coach can't soothe that concern, if it is a concern, I'm not saying, just there's a little bit of smoke going around right now. It, it, this could end up being a double negative for USC because they may have gambled and lost out on the Deuce Palmer running back sweepstakes. Uh, he was, he's committed to TCU right now. The, the tea leaves read that, you know, if, if you follow recruiting and if you're watching the show, I know you follow recruiting. Um, the tea leaves read that the staff had kind of passed up Deuce Palmer uh, because they had a, and I'm using the finger quotes, silent commit from uh, from Taylor Tatum. And I just want to kind of remind everybody of the timeline of how things went down. Uh, Deuce Palmer, he canceled his visit to USC and then pretty quickly committed to TCU. 
And when you add that up, you're thinking, okay, well, now what if Taylor Tatum doesn't come? Well, now you go. There you see the double negative. Here's the thing, though. Everybody just needs to remember. Tatum could get that Trojan feeling come over him once again. You know, especially once the trip to Norman starts to wear off. Um, however, this is one of those, you know, recruiting as fluid moments, I guess is the best way to put it. So the longer, as each day goes by, that I think works out to USC's benefit. As each day goes by, um, the longer it takes, I, I think it'll start. he'll start feeling USC again. Now, that wasn't the only... And I use the, uh, the, the term negative really loosely. It, it wasn't the only news of the day that didn't fall in USC's favor, where it kind of felt like, oh, USC recruiting, the class is kind of pumping its brakes right now. Maybe, not so fast. Local prospect from St. John Bosco, linebacker, Jordan Lockhart. He's anticipated to pick Texas A&M in the next day or so, really soon. And... I think everybody needs to understand this has more to do with USC having other guys higher up on their recruiting big board. This has nothing to do with Texas A&M swooping in with a bag. That's not who this young man is or who his family is. Uh, this guy, when he's not working out, playing football, going to class, he's working out. I, when he's waiting for an airplane ride, and he's in the airport, He's doing push-ups. Guy's really dedicated. He's not about the swag. So, um, again, this really this has more to do with USC. I think prioritizing guys higher on their board when at the linebacker spot. And for those of you who are worried that, well, it's going to play a role in Kingston Viliamu Asa making a decision to choose USC or. Peyton Woodyard flipping from Georgia to USC. That's not really the case. Remember, Marcellus Williams just chose USC not too long ago. He's from Bosco. He's the highest rated player in the class right now. Have faith, USC recruiting fans. Now, the reason why Jordan Lockhart is one of the reasons why he's going to probably end up picking Texas A&M is because USC is in a really strong spot for the linebacker from Texas, Ty Anthony Smith. Reason being, he let it be known that he's going to be making his announcement one day after his good buddy, Draylon Miller, the wide receiver. Remember all of you everydayers who watched this episode, who watched the episodes of Locked on USC? Yesterday's episode, I talked about this. I said the following. Talked about Draylon and the friendship with Ty Anthony Smith. Um, definitely, we'll be, we will be at the same school. We've known each other since fifth grade. We've played against each other. We're going to play with each other. So this is why you come to this show. This is why you come to Locked on USC every day. Make it your first listen. Because I'm going to be right a lot more than I'm not. I leaned into the whole Jason Zandamella commitment that was going to happen. It happened. <coughs> Excuse me. And I'm also going to be right because I've mentioned that USC is going to have a top five recruiting class 
by the end of June. It's not going to take that long. USC is anticipating getting a commitment. I've mentioned this, but again, a reminder. This coming Monday, they're anticipating a commit. And this player will push USC's recruiting class from number six to number five, maybe higher. Now, the teams ahead of them could get a flurry of commitments too. Assuming they don't. Assuming they do. What if someone else pops for USC between now and Monday? Keep in mind, each of those names that I mentioned on Locked on USC these last few episodes, um, if those commits, when those guys commit within the next two weeks, um, it's going to be a really good time for USC recruiting fans. So not every day is going to feel like USC should change their name to Copernicus, where they are the center of the universe. You know, Hump Day was one of those days. But as I said, these next two weeks are going to be a fun ride if you're a USC football recruiting fan. Stay, stay aboard. Just pay attention. Watch. You'll see what I'm talking about. And if you want to look good while you're feeling good, then you got to get yourself a pair of bird dog shorts and pants because, number one, they look good and they feel good. They're made with a stretch khaki shorts. They use, uh, the way they're designed, they're designed to make you fit. They fit slimmer and they're going to make you look great, especially if you have those thick, th thick thighs. And bird dogs, their product, in my opinion, is much better than the Lululemon gear. They fit better, and they fit better than your regular everyday shorts that are made of that stiff, restricting cotton. And bird dogs get some bonus points because they make, they're manufactured with an anti-stink, anti-sweat wicking fabric that's going to keep you cool and dry all day long. And if you work out in them, you're not going to have any more of that stink and crack sweat stain shadows that tend to be left behind. And as I mentioned, they're super comfortable. So, guys, you like to be super comfortable below the belt line. Go to birddogs.com forward slash locked on college. And when you do, you're going to get a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com forward slash locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off, I promise. So Locked On NBA Mock Draft Specials here, and it's bigger than ever. Follow along the entire first round in a six-episode, that's right, a six-episode ultimate mock draft experience that only Locked On can deliver. All episodes are available now on Locked On NBA Big Board on YouTube or wherever you like to listen to your podcast. Question, how can you have a top five poll in anything? When you limit your voting criteria that you're going to base your opinion on to one variable. If you're choosing the best anything, you're going to use multiple data points, right? I mean, if you want to formulate an opinion before you're checking out the box, before you submit your vote, you're going to consider more than just one thing. Um, I mean, that's what normal, rational people with common sense do. 
So if I asked you to put together a top five Pac-12 head coaching poll, would you limit your rationale to who, to which head coach recruits the best? Or would your choice be the head coach that recruits, develops, wins? And if you compare him to his peers, you might even take some nuance into, into consideration, like the location. Of course, you're not going to limit yourself to one piece of criteria because that would be dumb and biased and probably deflecting from the truth. If you want to have a best, you know, which head coach recruits the best, then have a separate poll question for that and then support your point. Oregon fans are already considered, in my opinion, the least sophisticated fan base in the conference. And that puts them in the running for the least sophisticated in the country. And I think I know why. When you have a fan base that likes to follow a journalist who covers their team and the Pac-12 conference in general and calls themselves a journalist, then I think there needs to be a line between being a homer and being a journalist. And then there's one for who covers Oregon for a living. He describes himself as a journalist forward slash recruiting guy. Here is this individual's top five head coaches in the Pac-12. It's actually a top six. These are his, this, this is his poll, six through one, and his rationale for each one. Number six, Kalen DeBoer, Washington's head coach. You can call me an Oregon homer now if you want to. DeBoer had a great season at UW in his first year, including the win over the Ducks. But recruiting has fallen off substantially, and there seems to be some concerns about things on the lake. I guess we'll have to see how it plays out. Number five. This one kind of made me chuckle. If you hire Chip, you know you're getting, you're probably hiring seven to nine wins every year. He's referring to Chip Kelly. You're hiring someone who will run a clean program. <laughs> this person obviously forgets that he left Oregon because he got in trouble. Uh, he was given a show, uh, a show cause um, thing from the NCA. Yeah. Anyways, he won't win a lot of, um, so he, he, let me repeat that. He, you're hiring someone who will run a clean program and put some points on the board. He won't win a lot of recruiting battles and will instead gamble in the portal. I like Chip. I just don't see him being a championship contender at this point in his career. There's a little bit of truth to that. He doesn't like to recruit. Number four, uh, but he totally overlooked the fact that uh, he runs a clean program. Yeah. Number four, Jonathan Smith, Oregon State. He's ahead of Chip Kelly only because I think he could recruit and will recruit if he wasn't in Corvallis. It's hard to argue anyone has done a better job with less in the conference, maybe in the country the last two years. Maybe he's going to need to kick it up a notch. I actually agree with the point Jonathan Smith does more with less. It's hard to recruit to Corvallis. Number three, Kyle Whittingham. Again, he's going way off the rails here. I think Whittingham might be number one for a lot of Pac-12 fans, which he is correct. 
and I respect him as much a great deal. Recruits, he recruits guys that fits his system well, but doesn't recruit at a high level. Typically, his class is in the 30s. His teams play hard, fundamental football, he wins games, and could have the right team in the playoff hunt every couple of years. All of that is true. Number two, Dan Lanning. I wish I could put, and not, this isn't my word, this is his word, Danimal at number one. But some first-year mistakes really forced me to put him at number two. Recruiting is strong. Coaching hires, development, culture, all boxes are checked. But Oregon's defense was really bad last year. And they even had some inexcusable moments. Even with all that said, if I'm making a hire, Danimal is one of my first two calls. <coughs> Excuse me. Number one for this journalist flat, uh, forward slash recruiting guy, Lincoln Riley. And he said, I wish I could put anyone else here, but I can't. Riley is one. He can recruit. He's young and seemingly learns from his mistakes. Right now, it's hard to argue he isn't the total package and boasts just an edge in experience over Lanning. And the Trojans are white hot on the recruiting trail to boot. Now, the Locked On host also had a poll. Top five quarterbacks, top five offense. We've gone over a couple of those already. Here are the results from the host of the Locked On podcast, how they see the Pac-12 head coaches. Take it in. I want you guys to check it out. You might notice that the former poll that we just went over, the number two guy, he didn't even crack the top five. Full disclosure, um, I had Kyle Whittingham number one when I submitted my votes because he has the edge and experience over Lincoln Riley. And if we're using last year head-to-head, uh, he won both games. And look, I get it. There were some extenuating circumstances that Utah got to take advantage of, including playing at home, uh, including some key injuries to USC players in both games. But this is where nuance comes into play for me. The location. Uh, consistency of what Kyle Whittingham has done. He uses what he has and he develops the talent he gets also. And I, and I have a feeling that Whittingham's recruiting would be better if it wasn't in Salt Lake City. However, I also have no problem sleeping at night uh, using the Oregon argument uh, tabbing Lincoln Riley as number one. <clears throat> Here is my list. So I hope everybody checked, saw that. Um, Here is the way I submitted my top five. Um, number five. I, went, I, I believe it was Jake Dickert, uh, Jake Dickert, Washington State head coach, and I was using the Jonathan Smith argument, um, does more with less. And if we're using a top six, I had Chip at number six. Pretty sure I had Chip at number six, Chip Kelly. Maybe I flipped those two. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. At number four, I had Kalen DeVore. Um, and I, because he had the same effect in Seattle that Lincoln Riley had at USC in one year. He took his team from four wins to 11 wins. Uh, 
you've got to give some credit there. At number three, I had Jonathan Smith. Again, no one does more with less uh, than Coach Smith. And recruiting to both uh, Corvallis, where he's located, and Pullman, Washington State, those are tough pulls. And if you don't have a big war chest, a big recruiting budget to work with, you you got to uh, you got to really have a lot of confidence in your system. And Jonathan Smith does. I'll call it number two, one B. I've got Lincoln Riley there. Once Lincoln Riley beats Kyle Whittingham in 2023, he becomes one A or number one, and Kyle Whittingham drops to number two. And let's just be honest, Kyle, Lincoln Riley will be the best head coach in the Pac-12 conference, or the conference formerly known as the Pac-12, on his way into the playoffs this season as he leads USC into the big conference starting in 2024. So there it is. That's my, um, that's my list. You saw the locked on list. And you'll notice that Dan Lanning apparently according to um, more than one opinion, it uh, doesn't even crack the top five. So take that, Oregon fan. You want to let me know how you feel? You know where to find me. Use the comments section on this YouTube channel. Hit me up on Twitter. I know uh, Locked On Oregon will have something to say about this. So who's going to have a bigger impact at USC as a freshman in 2023? And I'm talking about offense only. We'll talk about defense on another show, another episode. We're going to narrow this down. I'm giving you two choices. Again, you know where to find me on the comments section. I want to hear back from everybody, good and bad. Your choices are Zachariah Branch or Deuce Robinson. Who are you choosing? Who's going to have a bigger impact? Both were considered the number one recruit at their respective positions coming out of high school. Zachariah Branch, wide receiver, Deuce Robinson, tight end. Zachariah Branch is Reggie Bush scary good when he has the ball in his hands in open space. I mean, he's the type of receiver that scares the crap out of defensive backs. Because he has like Gumby flexibility, and um, he's got really good hands, and more importantly, he's been clocked at running over 26 miles per hour on the machine. That's a lethal combination. <laughs> uh, it's not something you want to try and defend. Now, Deuce Robinson, he looks like he was genetically created, and then someone broke the mold. Six foot six. 225 pounds, no fat, and he runs 21 miles per hour on the machine. Okay. If this were a pickup basketball game, this is a no-brainer. Bigger beats smaller. You're taking Deuce Robinson, right? Of course you are. Don't believe me? Want to play one-on-one. -on -one. If you have to choose between Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Shaquille O'Neal versus... Kobe Bryant, 
Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, LeBron James. One-on-one, -on -one, I'm taking the big guy versus each one of those smaller guys that I talked about every time. Nine times out of ten. So if you're Caleb Williams, it's really for him, it's what's your favorite flavor? He doesn't have to choose. That's the best part about this. Um, but there's going to be times where I think Deuce Robinson actually has the advantage. And ironically, it's going to be in smaller spaces. Think the red zone. Jump ball with Deuce Robinson, or would you rather scheme to get Zach open in space? You know, put him in motion, that type of stuff. Hoping you can get him to, you know, run a, you know, a crossing pattern or whatever. Um, it's not going to be hard to uh, when, if, when you're Deuce Robinson. You've got that built-in advantage that he has over Zach. Again, he's bigger. So when I'm in the red zone, I'm, I'm thinking jump ball all day long. That's where I think he has advantage. Now, with that said, I'll be pleasantly surprised if Deuce has the better stats at the end of the season. Because where I think the scales get balanced is Zachariah is going to be a special teams phenom. So he can put up points, returning punts, kickoffs, as well as the damage he's going to do between the 20s playing wide receiver. And he's going to be just, he's going to be very effective in the red zone too. I'm not saying he's going to be limp. I just think he'll be limited compared to Deuce Robinson when we take the whole field into consideration. Because Deuce can work between the 20s. But again, when you get into a box, into a phone booth, and you need to, and even if he's double teamed, he's going to be able to out jump pretty much everybody. That's, that's big time. So, what do you think? Give me your opinion. You know where to find me. I'll be back with another episode of Locked on USC tomorrow because we come at you five times a week. You know that. Just a reminder. And I'll find something recruiting related to talk to you about. And I'll find something else to talk about because there's always something going on that I need to bring you aware of. Because that's why you come to Locked on USC. That's why you make it your first listen every day. You get all your news, notes, and info in 30 minutes or less. When you're done here, though, you know where I need you to go? Head on over to wersc.com. Take advantage of our subscription special. Lots of good stuff over there. Take advantage of it. So until that next episode, everyone, you know what to do.